and welcome to The Boot Girls, a podcast from two friends dedicated to answering the age-old question, which was better, the book or the movie? And I'm Hannah. And if you want to hear more from the Booby Girls, we are on Patreon. All you have to do to become a patron is go to patreon.com forward slash the Booby Girls to get access to all of our bonus content, which we're in the middle of our latest movie serials titled Stay Close, mm-hmm. which there's a lot happening in that series. So if you've been watching or you've read, if you've read the book uh, and you want to listen along, you just have to sign up to be a patron. It's only $3 a month and you mm-hmm. get access to all of the uh, content that we've created so far. We're at the point in that series where... You know, you're going to get what I'm saying here is that there's always a point in a series where at the end they do montages of everything that's actually happened. So they'll flash to <laughs> person one, flash person, right. and there's like seven people doing different things now. Right. We're at the point where everyone's like in the thick of what they're doing. It's called not the breaking point. What is that called? Like the turning point or mm-hmm. like the, you know what I mean? Like yeah. where things are about to go down mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway mm-hmm. so if you want to listen uh just sign up for our patreon uh this week on the podcast though we are covering the title no exit which you are very excited about so excited like beyond like my voice is not doing it justice how excited mm-hmm. i was mm-hmm. to uh, oh i cover forgot this. to title this one i'm doing oh, bad on these gosh. titles i was so like enthralled with this one um oh my goodness you know what i wanted to do was one of the one of the brothers spoiler um their code Remember how they had different codes of saying things? Oh, yeah. What was one of those? Wait, the codes? Remember how they were like saying like when he said, oh, you're batting a thousand. Oh, batting we'll a thousand. We'll yes. say you're batting a thousand. Okay. That is going to be like the that. title of it. I like that one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the book was originally published June 28th, 2017, and it's written by Taylor Adams, which it's a fairly recent uh title that we've covered we've done a few you know older ones as of late um it has a four out of five on goodreads and it uh the original copy which is the hardcover copy was 278 pages it only has a four out of five yeah so i actually was listening or reading some reviews because we do karen reviews Mm -hmm. obviously and it actually had a higher rating was at a 4.2 yeah at at some point but it's down to a four at this point interesting yeah well they do averages right so like you know all the one stars compared to the five stars i I didn't actually look to see there was definitely more higher ratings than there were less Mm -hmm. lesser ratings yeah well and the movie just came out what last week well a couple weeks ago a couple weeks ago um on hulu and it's rated R and it's a drama mystery thriller and it's only an hour and 35 minutes long, which most of the time I like, but I felt like I could have, I could have handled more? two hours of this. Interesting. Okay. To give me what I needed. <laughs> That's fair. I like that they, or I don't like, uh, that they put drama as the first, uh, genre. I would definitely put thriller. Yeah. First. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. I almost want to put horror in here, but I'm going to tell you why I said that in a little bit. Interesting. Okay. Uh, So the IMDb synopsis reads, during a blizzard and stranded at an isolated highway rest stop in the mountains, a college student discovers a kidnapped child hidden in a car belonging to one of the people inside. That's the whole story. I think it's interesting (laughs) that they chose to use the phrase college student, and we'll talk about it, Mm -hmm. but... The yeah. movie does not really indicate that she is no. necessarily a college student. I have an student. issue about all of. Uh, yeah. I have an issue about, about a lot of things in I this know. movie. So some interesting facts. Um, the book has actually been published in thirty-two different languages. Mm-hmm. I did not check to see if Farsi no? was one okay. of them. Was I highly doubt question. it was. <laughs> Um, Taylor Adams, the author, has worked in the television industry for several years, so oh. he is no stranger to having or not not to having his stuff. Um, 
adapted, but he's worked in, you know, TV and film. In addition to this title, he has three other novels. Mm-hmm. Um, his first ever novel titled I Shot came out in 2014. Then he had Our Last Night in 2015, No Exit, which we're covering in 2018. And then Hairpin Bridge, which just came, which just came out last year. Um, I have read it. Uh-huh. Uh, it did not like it as much no? as this one. No, um, it's still, he, you know, he's I haven't read his other two, but he's very much in that realm of like writing the or at least trying to write the unput downable mm-hmm. book. I think No Exit did a better job of that yeah. than Hairpin Bridge did. Um, but I'll see. Well, I'm curious to see what else mm-hmm. he puts out. I will definitely read more of his books, yeah. though. I just, you know me, I love thrillers. And yeah. I love trying to figure out, it, it's not necessarily a whodunit, but trying to figure out what the heck is what, gonna what's going to happen next. On. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's from Washington, actually. Is author. he really? Yeah, I read the back of the book. The, about oh, the I think you're part. right. Yeah. yeah, he's from Washington, the Seattle area, I believe. Um, and he went to Eastern Washington University, mm-hmm. which I know a lot of people who went there, too. So. I wonder if anyone you know knows him. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. I don't think he's that old. Uh, I mean, you think he's older than me. Well, yeah, but like, but, don't you know older people? I mean, maybe. <laughs> anyway. I mean, six, six degrees, degrees of separation. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm exactly. sure I know him. <laughs> so the movie is directed by uh, Damien Power. This is his full um, first full length film. Okay. Uh, he's done a bunch of shorts, but never a full length. Um, it has a 64% on Rotten Tomatoes, which I thought is actually more than <laughs> what it was going to be. Oh, okay. Uh, just Considering because- it's new or... Considering it's new and considering um, how, you know, you and the bookstagram world were saying how a lot of people were excited that this was coming out. Mm -hmm. I thought everyone was going to rip this movie to shreds because of what they did to it. So I've actually seen kind of mixed reviews Mm -hmm. as it relates to the movie um, on bookstagram. Like there's the camp that were hardcore, you know, gave it five stars. Absolutely love it. That kind of, you know, have found some faults with it. There are others who kind of enjoyed the book and also enjoyed the movie. Mm -hmm. They thought like it was a decent enough adaptation. I haven't seen anyone rip it to complete shreds, but there's still time. Yeah. Like (laughs) right now. (laughs) Well, and, and I, I told you when you came over today that I literally, finished the book and within a couple of hours watched the movie. So right. the book was so fresh in my mind. And then I watched it with my mom who had not read the book at uh-huh. all. And I mean, she thought it was a little gruesome, well. but she, but she, <laughs> I think she enjoyed it yeah. still, but it was just a little, I do think her. that that will take, you got to take that into effect mm-hmm. when kind of talking about it. Like I obviously I read this original, the book originally last year. Um, and I decided to watch the movie first and mm-hmm. then do my re-listen. Yeah. Um, and most of what I remembered was, you know, what I remembered, but I do think like when it's fresh in your mind and you yeah. go from straight from book to movie, I'm sure it's a completely different. Yeah, experience. I was like, that's wrong. That's wrong. That's <laughs> nope, nope, nope. That's wrong. That well, in that case, you, maybe I should do the movie. You should do the book. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Um, since it is so new, there was there weren't a whole lot of like fun facts that came out. Um, yet, um, it was filmed in New Zealand though, which I thought was interesting, considering I believe most of the actors and actresses are American mm-hmm. and. There was no reason to like not just do it in the woods somewhere in the United States. Was this a COVID movie? Maybe. It could so be. that could be why. Could be. I'm not sure. So uh, let's just jump into the cast because I wanted to basically go through everyone who's in the movie. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> so Darby is the main character in this movie. Uh, is played by Havana Rose Lou. Uh, she's actually pretty new to acting she only started acting in 2018 or 29 yeah 2018 and uh she's in a new movie that's going to be coming up this year as well called the sky is everywhere which actually looks kind of more like a young adult Mm -hmm. type movie um in the book 
Darby is a college student, mm-hmm. um, presumably Caucasian mm-hmm. with red hair. Correct. Um, Havana is not. Havana is <laughs> at least partially Asian of mm-hmm. some sort. She has long, dark hair. Yep. Um, hated her <gasps> in this role. Really? Hated it. And not so much. I mean, it has nothing to do with her race or anything yeah. like that. I just, I, it, and we'll talk about it at the beginning of the movie. They changed Darby's character. True. They, they changed like basically what is kind of like her makeup at that, at yeah. that point. And I don't know what it is. I, I've watched a lot of horror movies before and the way she acted this made me feel, feel like she should be in some sort of horror type movie that wasn't this interesting okay so i mean i thought she was fine mm-hmm. um there have been when i first read the book there were a lot of people who thought that the character in general was yeah. very like helpless very obnoxious very much like for lack mm-hmm. of a better word stupid yeah um i don't think she played that role like yeah. I, I don't think she played it that way no. so that's why i appreciated it i she she could have definitely played it in a very helpless oh yeah. like woe is me kind of way yeah and i don't feel like she did that way she did it that way it's interesting that you say like you thought she played it kind of like like a horror yeah movie. i don't know i don't know what it is like i think it's maybe just because i've seen you know actors and actresses that are that look similar to her mm-hmm. and just some of her expressions i i don't know see and i guess i'll go back and say when I was reading the book, I didn't see her as more as helpless. I seemed at, I we just talked about in our last episode where we were like, do you ever envision yourself mm-hmm. in books yeah. or movies? This is the first time that's ever happened to me because. <laughs> wow. How timely. <laughs> I know because I, the whole time I was reading it, I'm like, she's just supposed to be kind of a typical person yeah. who you get thrown into the situation. And what are you going to do? Right. Like, are you going to actually say something? Are you not going to say something? Like, who do you say? Like, and the whole time I'm like, yeah, I don't know what I would do. And and, in her mind, she's going back and forth. And I felt like the the way she's portrayed in the, in the book where she's like, okay, she's a college student, Mm -hmm. younger, just kind of typical kind of figuring out her life. And I was like, yeah, that's kind of like, you know, I'm not a college student, but you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, but I like, get it. I felt like they added aspects of her to make her act, maybe do things in a way that just a normal person wouldn't like they put her as she's in rehab. Yeah. She's struggling. So like your mindset would be totally different. Totally. I get what you're saying. You, now. you know, so yeah, I get it. I don't know. Lots I think, I think maybe, and I don't want to put words in your mouth. Maybe you had an issue with her character traits more so than like, Maybe. her acting yeah i mean i think her acting was fine yeah. i just the character they changed the character changed. yeah i gotcha so, anyways uh moving on to ash <laughs> ash is one of the strangers that she meets at this um, visitor center in the movie it's called and in the in the book his name is ashley correct which i'm assuming in the movie he's also an ashley but they right. just went with ash so here's my thing <laughs> totally fine with with boys having the name ashley or yeah. whatever when you're reading it, it's hard to like snap into your head of, okay, this is the guy. You <laughs> know what fair. I mean? Especially when Darby and not that Darby isn't a girl name. It's not a common name. Yeah. Well, so he I'm even like, mentions in the book, like, isn't Darby a boy name? Yeah. yeah. You know? So it's like in your mind, you're reading it and then you have to like make that effort to be like, okay, this is who this is. This is who that is. I get what you're saying. So I would have been fine. And Ash seems a little bit 
more masculine. It's easier I don't to know. follow. Yeah, exactly. I get you. Anyways, played by uh, Danny Ramirez. Uh, not the last time we will see him. He's going to be in the new Top Gun movie that's coming out. Gross. Uh, he'll be in the new series Tales of the Walking Dead that are coming out. And he was also in Falcon and the Winter Soldier um, oh, that okay. came out. So um, I actually really, really liked him. Again, they did things to these characters that, you know, I wish we could have gotten more of from the book. Yeah. Um, because they didn't. The way they, I felt like right away, you you kind of, the way he just kind of was when he came out, you were like, all right, this is the guy, <laughs> you know? Ash? Yeah. Interesting. But not in the, in the book, it took me, I didn't, I didn't catch up on it right away in the book. Well, because in the book, I feel like we should just get into this yeah. episode, but in the book, Lars is 1000% made to be be the right. immediate suspect Target, yeah. like right away. Like yeah. every description that he puts in there about Lars is yeah. like, Oh, like there's no way that it's not him. Yeah. Which I think is purposely done to divert yeah. your attention away from Ash. Yeah. Whereas in the movie he he's hot. Mm-hmm. So you wouldn't necessarily assume yeah. it's him, but like from what I know, yeah. the hot ones are the ones you well, should worry yeah. about. I did. I did <laughs> feel like we didn't get much, um, I think in the book they did a good job of like kind of explaining who Ash or Ashley supposedly is where it's like, you know, he just graduated and he's just kind of like this hot guy, whatever. Like they kind of don't explain much of him at all in the movie. Yeah. He's just there. Well, and that's the luxury of a book, right? You get the time to actually be able to develop these characters and give a description of what Mm -hmm. their life is like outside of what, what's currently going on. Whereas in a movie, like, with the exception of flashbacks, you really can't do that. And there's yeah. no time to your point. It's such a short movie. That's why. Give, give me like 30 more minutes. You can explain. Wow. Slow can down. I, I was going to say, can I record this? I we know. are recording this. I but know. like, I don't think I've ever heard you say that. Well, I mean, could we like, you know, rob Peter to pay Paul? We'll like take some, uh, some, an hour out of beloved and throw it, throw it to this one. Maybe two hours it. out of beloved. Yeah. Right. All right, moving on to Lars, who is Ash's brother in this story. Which we don't learn right off the bat. Correct. Uh, played by uh, David Reisdell. Um, he's really just been in a whole lot of short films. Not mm. not in much. It's funny to, to see like him in like a normal photo. So I'm like, okay, he's not as like gross as they make him <laughs> seem in the in the. Well, series. that's good for him. I actually, he was probably the only one. There's one other character who I felt like, yes, this is what this person mm-hmm. should look like, blah, 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 act like. Um, I thought he was exactly what I kind of pictured yeah. him from the book. Yep. Uh, he did a great job of kind of portraying this guy who is like, you know, he's not all with it. He just wants to make his brother happy. Mm-hmm. He doesn't fully understand what's going on. Yeah. And I thought he did, especially at the end of this of this movie, he did a great job of just being like, you fully bought that you knew that this guy didn't know what was actually happening. Yeah, In his mind, he, he was not doing as bad of a thing as he thought right. he was. Which, you know, we can get into the, it a little bit more, or I can just talk about it here. There, there is some issue with this author in, in regards to this character mm-hmm. specifically. So right. I'll, I'll answer you and say, I agree. I thought he did yeah. a very good job acting the role. The problem is a lot of people had issue with the author basically insinuating that this character was you know had mental disabilities but doing it in a way that was so inappropriate and like just grotesque like there are certain ways you can you know right distinguish that somebody is you know mentally challenged as a you know instead of like basically berating him and like making you know talking down about him yeah 
In addition to that, the author also used, you know, racial slurs that That's were not true. necessary in this book at right. all. Um, so just want to mention those mm-hmm. two things. But yes, I think, you know, the actor did a good job with the mm-hmm. role that he was given. Um, the creep factor was a thousand percent there. Right. And right off the bat, you're like, oh, yeah, this guy yeah. is one to watch. <laughs> and here's one thing, too. Like, I mean, I totally understand what you're saying. And I agree with you that there were some derogatory, yeah. derogatory words. I think... I never want to say that it's okay for it to be in books or whatever, but unfortunately I feel like there's still people in this day and age who use those. And I almost feel like he, but he did, I feel like he used it in a way to make it seem like the, the upbringing of these characters caused that. You know what I mean? And in context, he, the person who said this, who isn't a main character Mm -hmm. said it, years ago which right. again does not excuse right. you know the use of the slur but to your point mm-hmm. you know the time the location the upbringing yeah. all that you know and taken taken to effect yeah. but I, I just want to make bring i wanted to bring it up because there's a lot of critics that just like yeah. you know are not and maybe, happy with the author and maybe that. that's the way that's one of the reasons they cast it the way they did and because they brought yep. a lot more you know diversity diversity into mm-hmm. this cast yep um like this character moving on ed um who is again one of the people at the rest area um played by dennis haysbert who if you hear him you know him he's from the Allstate <laughs> insurance commercials yep. um he was also in the show lucifer and then he was also in uh the show 24 that was on for so oh, many yeah. years um i think he's great but i just have a hard time like taking him seriously because yeah. he's the voice of God. He's basically like a Morgan Freeman type right. person. He's the Allstate guy. Yeah. He can't, not that he can't, but he shouldn't do anything yeah. else. That's what he's known for. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Especially again, he is a, he is an older gentleman, African-American, very good looking guy, very like charismatic in the book. They have him. He's, he's a war veteran. In the in, in the movie, yeah, sorry, the movie, in the movie, yeah. he's a war vet, veteran, right. and he's like kind of this tough guy, who's for the most part has everything going on. Right. Um. In the book, he's a veterinarian, an ex-veterinarian al- alcoholic. alcoholic. <laughs> yeah. So yes. very different. Um. Also, Sandy, who we'll talk about in a second, in the movie, they're together. Right. In they're, the book, they're cousins. Right. So. <laughs> so yeah. So I don't know why they felt the need to do that i don't know i mean i don't think that it really like changed the course of what happened necessarily so i don't know that they needed to do that but i guess it didn't really matter that they did it yeah i don't know i just felt like looking at that guy what dennis Mm -hmm. as that actor and then having him be a war veteran Mm -hmm. tough guy he went down pretty easily. You know what I mean? Like you would think that someone with that background and that stature would have put up more of a fight. I you mean, know what I in, mean? In poor Ed's defense, he was caught off guard. I mean, you know, I'm just saying. Spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. All right. Moving on. Uh, Sandy, who in the movie is Ed's significant other. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they're married. Um, In the book, they're cousins played by Dale Dickey. Uh, she's one of those people. I'm like, oh, yeah, I've seen her in a million things. I didn't. Re- she was in the series Unbelievable that was on Netflix. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. um, and that. she's also going to be in the upcoming series A League of Their Own. They're adapting that into oh. a series. Uh, she is what I thought that this character should look like Interesting. and sound like. Uh-huh. And um, so in the they do change her background profession. a little in her profession, mm-hmm. um, which we'll get to when we get through the story. But um, I didn't buy it for one second that these two were significant others. <laughs> 
In the movie? In the movie. Yeah. No way. I was like, there's no way that. And, and then even like talking about like their professions, I was like, I yeah. mean, maybe, but like she I looks had, significantly older than him. Yeah. I had forgotten that they were supposed to be cousins in yeah. the book. And so like it didn't register to me to be like, this is weird and not supposed to be how it is. Yeah. So I didn't find as much of an issue with it. Um, But again, I don't know that it made... Yeah. It didn't take away from what happens in the story yeah. necessarily. I did the one thing that I liked in the book was how when uh what's her name? Darby's like of course she's the last person to get to this rest area mm-hmm. for the night. And in her mind she's trying to figure out who these people are and yeah. how they're connected, who got there first, who mm-hmm. got there second, and like trying to figure out she doesn't find out that these two are cousins in the book for a little while. Yeah. And so I wish we could have gotten a little bit more of that. Of I mean, I would have known because I just read the book, but I feel like that could have the allure of it. Could that's have been cool. one of the things that, and again, we'll get into it, but that's one of the things that I think was lacking from the movie was that inner dialogue. And we've said mm-hmm. this multiple times on yeah. other, you know, episodes. It's, it's hard to convey that mm-hmm. without having some sort of a voiceover that just yeah. like talks about her inner thoughts. Right. Yeah. So you try to do your best as an actor to kind of convey like what you're thinking and mm-hmm. feeling, but without that inner dialogue, you, you, you kind yeah. of miss the mark there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then lastly, uh, Jay, who is the little girl that is kidnapped in the story, played by Mila Harris. She's 12 years old. She started acting when she was five. Um, and she's also going to be in another movie called The Hill about um, it's a baseball movie that's going to be coming out this year. So she's done a bunch of like little stuff mm-hmm. here and there. Um, they did change her character a little bit in terms of they made her a little bit more snottier than I picked up in oh, on the book. Yeah, on the book, fair. I felt like she was like you're typical like nine-year-old not typical now but they turned her into more of a um gen zer yeah <laughs> you know but you also have to remember her family is rich yeah so even if he didn't necessarily convey it in the book i do think in the yeah. movie it probably is more like what she probably would have been like yeah i guess it just was one of those things where i'm like in the book you really kind of felt for this girl a yeah. lot and not saying that you don't in the movie because obviously <laughs> what was happening to her was awful right but it's like the second you like make her snotty mm-hmm. or her do something that was like kind of degrading to somebody else. You're like, huh. you know what I mean? Like yeah. there's just something. And I never got that feeling in the book. So no. I don't know why. They well, because to yeah, the, the, the scene that you're talking about, which we'll get to like, doesn't really isn't conveyed in the book. So there's right. no reason for you to think that she is a snotty kid. Yeah. So anyways, that's the cat. That's pretty much the whole cast. I think I'm missing like the cop and the guy from rehab that doesn't exist in the book. Right. So. Exactly. <laughs> All right, time for who said it. Your first quote is, you're the sum of every trait I've ever hated in a human being. Oh, gosh. Uh, Ashley? Mm, Ed. Ed. Talking about Ashley. Okay, there you go. (laughs) Next up, this is going to be a fun night. Ashley. Yeah. (laughs) Next one. You gave me your word, Ashley. No one was supposed to get hurt through this whole thing. Sandy? Yeah. Yeah, You tried to trick me there. (laughs) Last but not least, I'll get him, and then I will come back to you. That was Darby. Yes. All right. Your options for F. Mary Kill are Darby, Ash, or Ashley, and Lars. Oh, man. I had to throw Lars in there. All right. Can't be too easy for you. I know. Oh, gosh. All right. You got to marry Darby because she's a fighter. Mm -hmm. She gets through things. You know, she's... She's a she's a survivor. Um <laughs> and I will uh go to the restroom. 
with, you know what I mean, though. Yeah. They go into the bathroom, you know, um, with Ash because he's hot <laughs> in the book and the movie. He's yeah, hot. Yeah. And then I got to kill Lars, unfortunately, because I don't want to do either or the other with him. <laughs> so um, I was going to disagree with you, but I, I don't really see a reason to, I right? guess. I was going to pick <laughs> Lars to go to the bathroom with only because like Ash is the real mastermind here. And like, clearly, mm-hmm. you know, he's more effed up than Lars is. But yeah. Um, I guess I'll just agree with you for time's <laughs> sake. <laughs> All right. So the one thing I was really sad about that we didn't get in this movie, which we got in the book, are my lovely little time chapter type ah, things and yeah. my segments that I always love. I knew you were going to like that. In the book, the chapters are titled by time. Yes. And then within those chapters, there's different like sections there's like midnight mm-hmm. the witching hour <laughs> dawn like why can you give them that to me they didn't give that to me at all no they didn't i mean I, I, the good news is that it still happens all in one night that's it does basically all you need it to does know. but here's my thing i i again i texted you 60 pages into this book and i was like i can't breathe i have anxiety <laughs> like that's how it was right i and did warn you you did you did and, and it was in the best way possible but here's the thing so i one of the things i loved about the book was that you felt like this, like, okay, you just got to get till, till dawn. You just got to get through these eight hours. <laughs> right. You got to get there. You got to get there. And I didn't get that at all throughout this book. There That's was fair. no, this, there was no point where she was like, okay, we only have to wait. We got to get through eight hours when the snow plows are coming. There was nothing yeah. like that. And how cool would it have been to her have that in her mind or whatever? And you saw like, three hours to go right. and you're just like all right girl hold on hold. you like, wanted that uh, same level of anxiety in the movie is yeah, what and i'm I hearing like i got it a little bit but not in like the the like delightful way that's fair <laughs> in the like what is happening way what is delightful <laughs> about any of this i don't know <laughs> all right anyways so the movie opens up um in a rehab and it's darby talking in a support rehab group which is not who Darby is or how this book even starts. Correct. Well, it's so funny. I remember um, I saw a preview for this, like mm-hmm. a trailer for this one yeah. before it came out. And I was like, this doesn't look like anything I remember yeah. from the book. Cause it actually is a scene from the, the rehab mm-hmm. when she's doing some sort of group session or whatever. Um, but yeah, the book actually starts with a email exchange or an email sent from one person to another talking about a possible meetup of a, a job or something yeah. and it go- dives right into Darby who which we've kind of mm-hmm. alluded to already is a college student similar to the movie her mom is dying of cancer she's planning to go to visit her mom but she just leaves college like yeah. she doesn't break out of rehab right <laughs> well and it's different though because her mom has in the book her mom has pancreatic cancer yes. and in the in the movie, she like just had a brain, brain aneurysm. Yep. So a little bit again. I guess yeah, a little different. Yeah, but still dying. Yeah. So yeah, to your point, she ends up having to break out of rehab because she wants to go to visit or go visit her mom because she calls her sister Devin, who is in the book as well. Um, and her sister is like saying like, you know, she, you can tell right away she doesn't have the best relationship with right. her family. Obviously, I guess maybe they felt like. It was more, I don't, I don't know what, I don't, I don't understand this. Like, I guess, <laughs> was it to say that she, it's easier to explain a bad relationship with the family if someone's in rehab? No. Like, I don't understand what the point was. I will say it is quicker to explain it that True. way. Because in the book, her situation with her family is that when her 
father passed away she basically blamed her mother and they have a really tumultuous relationship because of that and then in turn like she's not close with her sister either that was kind of the but you do get that story throughout the book yeah whereas this it's like bam right from the get-go like she's clearly you know been in some bad ways and her family is no longer like supporting it well and realistically the whole relationship the book and the movie the relationship with her family is so it doesn't matter it ends up not I guess maybe because a little bit of a driving force with her, but yeah, not, not a lot. Like there, nothing that happens with her family ends up influencing what's happens. No, I think this, it's more of like, she wants line. to repent for her like past mistakes and like her relationship and just wants to like have that last moment with her mom. If she is in fact going to die. Yeah. That's really her main motive, right? For driving in the middle of the night to get to Utah, which yeah. their book and movie, I think they're going to different places. One is in Provo and then the, the other yeah. in the movie, she's going to Salt Lake, but either way, um, She's on the road. She's she's heading <laughs> she's, to Utah, she is, but she's she's headed there in a stolen car. Right. Um. In the book, she actually has a blue Honda. Yeah, it's called blue. blue. <laughs> so it's so a little different there. Um. When she's driving, it does start to snow. Uh. One of the difference uh, in the text with her sister in the book, they talk about um. Her sister sends this text, being says like, "Mom's doing okay." Mm-hmm. And it's like in the back of her mind, like, you know, we all get those texts with no context. And you're yeah. like, oh, my God, like, what did that actually mean? Is OK, OK, OK? Or is OK like she's doing OK? OK. Yeah. You know what I mean? So <laughs> yeah. um, in the movie, they say, you know, mom doesn't want you here. It's very more like to the point of like, OK, this is not a good situation. Right. Uh, so anyways, we see a vision like she pulls over to the side of the road when it starts snowing. And then we randomly get a vision of Darby Odin in the car. Um, she also finds like a little packet of cocaine. I would assume so mm-hmm. in this stolen car from the guy at the rehab. Right. Which <laughs> I was like, mm, that's a little suspicious. Yeah. Well, and then, so she's in the car and then the cop comes, a cop shows up and like taps on her window and, you know, telling her she can't stay there, that the roads are closed are closing um, ahead of, ahead of there. So either she can go back the way she came or she can um, go to this visitor's center that's a little ways up the road. Um, she does not have an interaction with a cop in the book. like Not this. in the beginning, no. Right. So she actually just pulls over to the rest stop. I do think that is. the roads are closing, though, ahead of her. She just doesn't have an interaction with a cop yeah. that tells her that. Correct. She just kind of understands, like, oh, I can't go any further. Yeah. I need to stop at this visitor center. So she ends up getting to the visitor center <laughs> and it was funny because in the book they call it they just call it a rest stop and i do think they call it the center really i'm pretty sure i remember hearing like when i was listening to it I'm pretty i don't sure know either way i've done a lot of road trips in my life mm-hmm. like back and forth from kansas multiple times you've done a road trip up to washington have you ever stopped at a visitor center like this um no i never have my one requirement is that there has to be food yeah wherever i stop so like, i've never seen like and maybe they do exist i don't I'm know sure they do i'm sure they do but i've never seen any yeah. place like this because this visitor center that they go to is like almost like a little like i don't know like a community center almost <laughs> i'm like where are these like i don't know yeah i thought it was very strange anyways so when she gets there there's a man and a woman sitting at the table that we come to find out are Sandy and Ed. Um, there's also someone sleeping on a bench that we can't see his face. And then there's another guy at another table sitting by himself. Um, she ends up going into the bathroom when she gets there, which is ends up being the, a condemned women's restroom, which 
there's no condemned women's restroom in the book it's just what does that mean condemned like it's shut down like it's not usable i gotcha like they're remodeling it i don't know or whatever but i thought it was so funny i'm like why change this like the bathroom was such like a big scene i do think i know i have an inkling as to why they did that but we'll get to that (laughs) we find out that her phone is is dying Mm -hmm. and that's another thing that comes up in the book a lot is one her phone's dying and we 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 go along the journey. Everyone feels that you know you check your phone. It's like at seven percent, and then it's at six percent, and then it's just dead. Yeah. But then she also can't. She doesn't get service. Right. Um. It's like a catch. It's like all all bad things that could happen. Yeah. So she's trying to get service so she can text her sister. So the older man who we find out is Ed tells her, you know, the, I got service in the parking lot. You should go out and try. In the book, it's not Ed who tells mm-hmm. her that, and it's not just in the parking lot. It's Ashley who tells her, and he actually goes outside with her right. to, like, I don't know, supervise her? I, I have guess. no idea. Um, but he says that there's, like, a, like statues of little kids or something mm-hmm. outside, and, like, that's where the service is or whatever. So they walk out there together, and they have, like, a little chit-chat while she's trying to get service. Yeah. She doesn't actually end up getting any service. No. <laughs> well, and I felt like the no service thing or concept in the book was so more prevalent than in the well and it's needed right for a lot of the things that kind of come out after the fact yeah and and i thought like i mean and at one point towards the end she ends up getting service inside the building and i'm like no (laughs) no that was the whole thing that's why we have no that's why i have so much anxiety because she has no phone service right but evidently i don't know so i was not okay with that anyways so while she's coming back inside, she ends up hearing these like muffled screams from inside this van. And in the book, there there are there's no screams. No. But she is a very observant person, which I try to be in in life. Like there was one time I was driving and I was like and it was just a, it was around here in the neighborhood. And like there there's a truck in front of me and <laughs> and the, there was like a girl walking on the sidewalk and, I, and then at one point he pulls over and he picks her up and they they drive away and mm-hmm. in my head i'm like all right i need to remember the make model and license plate <laughs> of this car just in case this little girl i mean she was probably, little girl i mean she was probably a teenager like oh. it, it definitely looked like it was someone who was like hey pick me up down the street because i don't want my parents right. to see situation why am i having weird deja vu about this right now because i probably told you about it oh, okay. but anyways in the book Ash or not Ashley Darby's like all right there's like five cars out here like I'm trying to figure out who has the most snow on their car yeah. to figure out I'm like in that situation I would hope that I would try to be that observant you almost have to be on guard in a situation yeah. like that right like you're you're per- you're forced to be in a situation that you wouldn't normally yeah. be in so you got to be kind of you know at on alert in case anything yeah. happens so she hears these like muffled screams from the van she goes and just looks inside the van and she sees a little girl trapped inside um, and she takes a picture of the license plate. So it's a little bit different how that comes about yeah. in the book. So, I mean, it's very dark outside. So, clear, like, she can't see much. She actually only sees a hand in mm-hmm. the window. Uh, it's similar where one window is, like, covered. The other one is not. Yeah. Um, but she sees a hand. She does take a picture of the license plate. But that's all she sees. There's no sound or noise or anything. Mm-hmm. So in the book, she knows something is up. But she may have she may think that, like, her mind's playing tricks with yeah. her, right? Or she's seeing something that she wasn't actually there. Yeah, because it almost looks like, and and she's like, said that she could see like almost caging, and she was like, and yeah. she's out for a split second. That's another piece there. In we'll get there. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so right away though, she sees the girl. She's trapped. 
there's a girl with like, you know, her mouth covered or whatever mm-hmm. in there. So she's like kind of panicking. She's still outside and she sees the woman that's inside looking out at her and she tries to call 911. It's obviously not working. So she ends up going to her car to grab um which they her call stolen it, car. Her stolen car cuz she to steal that car she had a jimmy which is like a thing that you mm-hmm. use to like unlock the car. So she goes and grabs that. And then but when she does that the older man Ed is also outside at this point, which none of that the onlooking and Ed coming out does not happen in, in the book. Right. Well, and I think, I mean, right out the gate, the movie is trying to make everybody a suspect. Mm-hmm. Right. Whereas in the book mm-hmm. so far, she, she doesn't necessarily know right. that like who it is and what's yeah. going on. Yeah. Cause in the book, she's like, okay, at this point, I don't know if what I saw, but let me try to figure out whose van this is yeah. by process of elimination. I meant to do this and I completely forgot, but did you count how many cars were in the movie outside? No. Okay. Cause it is a big part that happens in the book, right. uh, but I forgot to count to see if it was well, like, and it's, so it's funny in the book. You're right. She, she counts the cars and then counts the people trying to figure out who's to what car or whatever. And there's a point where she ends up matching everybody with the cars. Yeah. And there ends up being in her mind an extra car or it, it, she didn't mention it. And I was like, no, there's an extra car. Like I've been paying attention to this book. And then it ends up being a dumpster. And I'm right. like, no, I was like, I thought there was gonna be another, you know, but I just thought that was so clever of the author mm-hmm. to like put this random supposed car that right. ended up being a dumpster because she's thinking, okay, I'm, I've matched everybody. Right. I've gotten everybody, you know, mm-hmm. like um, situated. And yeah. then it's like, oh wait, my the whole thing that I thought yeah. I had figured out, I didn't have figured out because this wasn't Again, even a car. <laughs> I feel like there would have been an easy way to even without inner dialogue to maybe just pan to every single one of these cars to yeah. make make you be the person trying to figure right. this out, and it would have been a cool way to yeah. do it. Um, anyway, so she goes back inside, and this is where we meet all the players. Basically, we meet Sandy, we meet Ed, we meet Lars, and we meet Ash. Uh, they decide to play cards. Uh, in the book, it's Go Fish. I think when she gets there, they're already playing Go Fish. They are. And then she just kind of sits down yeah. with them. They decide in the movie to play um, BS, mm-hmm. which this will forever and always remind me of 10 Things or How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. Mm. Um, the only Matthew McConaughey movie worth watching, which I saw you just read his Ouch. book or listened to his yeah, book. Yeah, it's great. You listened to it, didn't you? I did. Ugh. He's a great narrator. It, it reads like a movie. No, thank you. But it's his life. I'm going to pass <laughs> on that one. <laughs> so anyways, they, they're playing that, which you kind of, you know. I had a problem with how they were playing, though, unless this is how it's normally played. And mm-hmm. I've, I've been playing wrong all mm-hmm. along. But, like, they put down whatever number and mm-hmm. how many of that, that number they have or, yeah. or suit or not suit, but um, yeah. card. But then you can go higher or lower yeah. or the same. I've never been, I've never, I've always done it where you had to go one higher. Yeah. Always. So like I would put down two aces, you'd put down mm-hmm. a two, the next person would put down how many threes. Maybe like, in New Zealand, that's how they play it. <laughs> but it's not in New Zealand, it's I know. based in Utah. I know, who knows. Anyway, I had a gripe with that. <laughs> also wanted to mention, um, since we've talked about how mm-hmm. these uh, characters differ from book to movie, Sandy in the movie um, is fairly, you know, a good looking woman, yeah. has her, you know, life together or seemingly um in the book she has a missing front tooth oh yeah um they it's very much clear that ed and sandy are kind of on that lower Mm -hmm. level of like society i guess um but in the movie they're very much like a normal 
normal, yeah. you know, middle of the. Yeah, she, I think she has a bowl cut in the. In yeah, the she's, book she's too. not cute. And I don't think is even supposed to be cute. I think he has like a comb over yeah. or like something yeah. not attractive. That's what I'm telling you. The casting of this movie was very yeah. strange. Um, but anyway, so while they're playing, Darby's trying to like ask questions, everyone being like, you know, where's everybody from? And because I think the plate on the van is from somewhere in California mm-hmm. or whatever. So she's trying to figure out where everyone's from so she can try to match the yeah. cars with everybody. We find out that Ash is from San Francisco and Lars is from Bell Mountain. I think that's what it was called. Something Mountain. Something Mountain. Um, and then this is where Ed also talks about his military background um, and that him and Sandy are um, a couple and that they're actually headed to Reno because she surprised him with a trip to Reno for um, for the holidays or whatever. Mm-hmm. Also, another thing added, um, Ed has like a really severe gambling problem in the movie, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which does not happen. I mean, it kind of helps make you like, okay, I guess I'll buy it a little bit more of why they did what they did. But I mean, they replaced alcoholism with gambling. I guess. Really? Like- I guess. So anyways, when Lars loses, he like freaks out. And then at this point, um, What's her name? Darby is like, all right, I got to try to get a hold of 911 again. So she does do this in the book and the movie. She texts 911. And it's so funny. I was like, you can text 911. I was like, I had no idea. Neither did I. I had no idea. So I Googled it and you can definitely text. And not all states have it, but a lot of states have that now. I would like to think the reason we didn't know that was because that we've never had needed to do right. that. So like knock on wood, hopefully that but never like, why is a necessity. That, but why is that not a thing that people don't? No, these days. I don't know. I think everyone's just instinct is to like immediately call. call. But, but I, I mean, I think, I mean, heaven forbid, no one's in that situation where you feel like you can't call because you right. don't want someone to hear you. Well, nine times out of 10, you probably are in a situation where you can't yeah. call. So texting is probably the better way so, to go. Good to know. Moral of the story, you can text 911 if you're in, <laughs> if you're in a pinch. So one thing that was, I, 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 I felt very good about myself because this came into play at the end of the book. Uh-huh. So in the book, when she's texting 911, she's texting kind of where she is and the name of the rest stop. Yes. Right. And I can't remember what the name of the rest stop is, but sh- she thinks that's where she is. Come to find out after she sends this text in the book, it's like, I don't know, quite a few chapters later before, when out of, you know, out of mind about the sex message, you find out that she's like, oh, I'm actually not at that rest stop. I'm at this rest stop that has a very, very similar yeah. name. They were two um, native words that were basically like a letter or yeah. two off. And she thought she was at one. And then she was looked yeah. at the map and was like, oh, no, actually, we're at this one. Yeah, because then later and even later in the book the text ends up going through. And the second it went through, I was like, she has the wrong name. She has the wrong name. It's the wrong place. And I was like, Oh, I felt like such a detective. But anyways, um, is this a good time to talk about the bathroom? Yeah. Cause the next thing I'm going to talk about is, um, they're in the condemned bathroom. Okay. So, so here's my theory on why this bathroom is condemned okay. or under construction in the book. She, the bathroom is to your point, to your point, an integral part of the story because she has to break through a window that's at the, like kind of higher up to get through it. Um, I think they did this for ease sake (laughs) because (laughs) how much easier is it just to take a panel off of a wall that's being, you know, constructed as opposed to bash a window. It's not, 
it's in my opinion, it's less realistic in the movie, but it is easier for the sake of making the movie. Yeah. That's my little I mean, I, yeah, I guess so. But I was like, why is there a giant hole in the wall? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> well, I don't but know. Then if you have a giant hole, you got to make the rest of the bathroom look like it's under construction, right? You can't just have yeah. one giant hole. It just seemed way more accessible. Right. That's my whole point. I know. But which... it wasn't as believable because... If you've been yeah. in a rest area, rest stop, rest restroom bathroom, rest stop bathroom, yeah. you know that most of the time the windows <laughs> right. are higher up, they're harder yeah. to get to. So yeah. Yeah. I don't know. That was my two cents about the bathroom. So <laughs> she's in the bathroom now. And by the way, I've realized that this episode is going to be a long one. So I'm apologizing it now in just advance. We have a lot to talk about about this. I know. I'm very passionate about this, this book. Um, anyway, so she's in this bathroom and to her, you know, credit, she ends up going through that hole in the wall to get back into the parking lot because she knows she can't go back out there without someone being suspicious of her. Not okay. No. Um, also, I have a, in my note here, she has a lot more um, potential weapons <laughs> in this in in the movie <laughs> than she did in the book. That's fair. Like in the book, she was like trying to figure out what she could potentially use as a weapon. Like, doesn't she have point, a Swiss Army knife? She has the Swiss Army knife that her dad gave mm-hmm. her. And then she gets that piece of tile as like a rock that she puts in a sock. To oh, use yeah. The rock a, in the sock. Yeah. yeah. So anyways, <laughs> she's back at the van now. She ends up getting into the van with the little Jimmy that she used. In the book, she uses like a shoelace trick to get. Which which was fascinating. Correct. <laughs> um, and she gets into the back of the van with, with the little girl. Um, in the book. The little girl is not just laying in the, in the back of the van. No. The reason that uh, Darby sees kind of caging in the book when she first sees the hand is because poor Jay is in a dog kennel right. in the book. Yeah. And I think she actually, I think Darby goes out one or two more times than she did in the movie because she ends up going back, giving her the Swiss army knife. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she goes out maybe one more time. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Anyways. She's now in the back of the van with the girl in the movie, and she says that there's an, a medical alert bracelet um, on the little girl. And then Darby, or not Darby, she sees Lars get into the front seat to yeah. warm up the car for the little girl. I thought it was interesting that Darby immediately noticed the wristband mm-hmm. because that doesn't come into play until way later in the book. Right. So Lars notices um, eventually that part of the cardboard that was covering the windows is down and off the window. So you almost think that Darby's going to get caught in the back. She doesn't. Um, but Lars is basically like, uh, I'm going to come back and get, bring you some snacks. <laughs> um, I'll be right back. Yeah. Um, but he sees uh, Darby's footprints in the snow. So. There's a key part that isn't brought up in the movie that mm-hmm. comes into play in the book. At this point, um, there's a lot of like stuff in the back of this van just yeah. like strewn about mm-hmm. um oh, yeah. jay actually ends up giving darby a like loose bullet mm-hmm. from supposedly a gun that you know lars owns or something and she just like hands it to her and darby puts it in her pocket yeah not really thinking about it at that moment so at this point darby gets back into the bathroom the women's condemned bathroom and ash actually goes in to check on her because he thinks that she's still in the bathroom yes. from originally going <laughs> yes, to the bathroom. Correct. Um, in the book, she actually, and I thought this was interesting in the book, how she's like, all right, I got to try to figure out who I can maybe potentially trust of these mm-hmm. people and tell them. So she write in the book, she writes Ashley a note right. 
being like, hey, come to the bathroom. Yeah. And he <laughs> thinks that she's making an advance on him. And right. <laughs> he's like, oh, I have a girlfriend. She's like, no, you idiot. Yeah. I need to talk to you. Right. <laughs> so in the movie, she's talking. She's basically trying to tell him. She, you know, she's like, all right, I'm going to tell this guy. And she tells him what's going on. Lars walks in because he thinks he, that yeah. she's been outside. Right. So Lars walks in to kind of cover up them talking ash and darby start kiss right. start kissing and i was like this is a lot more passionate kiss than they described it in the in the book well and in the movie darby initiates the kiss whereas mm. in the book ash actually is the one that like in, yeah. like goes forward first to like yeah. cover up with what's going on one of the things that i thought was I, that ended up being interesting in the book is that at one point in the book you kind of feel like ashley is falling in love with darby yeah and he's like we could be great together. Well, <laughs> you that's, know? that's his delusional brain <laughs> yeah, thinking. I mean? Yeah. But like, it, I thought that was an interesting thing that they added into the book um, that obviously we did not get in the movie. Um, so anyways, they come up with this plan. So Lars leaves the bathroom. They come up with this plan, which doesn't get explained in the movie. No, they just kind of are talking. And then the plan kind of starts to go into action. But in the book, we get this full plan of what they're going to do to get Lars. Yeah. So to your point earlier, they realize they don't really have a lot of weapons. So they're like, what can we use as a weapon? So I think it's Ashley who creates the, or is it, is it Darby who it's actually. It's Darby because she has the rock. That's right. She has this rock and she puts it in a sock and then she's like, it's a rock in the sock. <laughs> so, which basically is kind of used as a weapon that yeah. she could kind of like swing or whatever. So their plan is Darby is going to go outside and distract Lars into like following her. Yeah. And then Ash is going to come up from behind and, you know, whack him over the head right. with this rock in the sock. So Darby heads outside to the van and in the movie, Lars actually does follow her outside mm -hmm. in the book. He does not. He's smarter in the book. Right. Um, she goes to the van. She takes the tape off of Jay's mouth. And at this point, she's like, where are the men that took me? And she's like, what are you talking about men? Like, I thought it was just the one. And also like, Jay's like very, she cries a lot in this movie. Like mm -hmm. she's a lot whinier in the i mean do you blame her i don't blame her but in the <laughs> book you don't get that you don't get this like because at one point you're like stop crying everyone's gonna hear you yeah. type thing that's like fair. there's never mention of that in that's the book. fair i also want to mention um at this point jay also tells her about some sort of nail or staple gun that is mm -hmm. in the van right. um we get that in the movie but it's not till later and it's definitely not in the van correct so at this point, when she's like, okay, clearly someone else is in on this, we find out pretty quickly that Ash is actually in on it because she sees both Lars and Ash talking outside together. What? Crazy. <laughs> Did you see that coming? Um, I figured that he wasn't the only one involved, mm -hmm. um, but I didn't fully think it was going to be him right away. Yeah, so. that's fair. I also didn't. And actually, this is where Ash pulls out the nail gun in the movie. He has the nail gun with him when he's But it's from the there. bathroom, right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Because in the book, the, this van that they have is like a, a contracting van yeah. that has that type of stuff in it. So they go to the van, and by the time they get there, Darby is gone. Um, Darby has actually run out into the woods, and then she kind of circles back into the building, and Ash actually finds her in the building. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the point in the book where she actually has to break the window to get back correct. into the uh, bathroom. Right. 
So Lars comes back into like the main room and just kind of sits down and you can see that Ed's getting pretty suspicious. Um, in the bathroom, Ash is, ends up taking Darby's phone from her. And he actually, this is where he actually sees the texts that are going out. He sees the text from nine, that she sent to nine one one. And he reads, um, texts from his, from her sister. He also deletes the text to 911. Yes. And I think at this point, it, he keeps the phone with him. Mm-hmm. In the book, he does get access to Darby's phone, but not till later. Mm-hmm. Um, Ed now goes out to the van. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, because he asks Lars, like, where's Darby? And Lars is like, I think she's outside. <laughs> right. So he goes out and we see that Jay is also trying to cut the tape off of her hands because I think Darby has given her a a box cutter yeah, that she, she found, found it in the bathroom. Yeah. Not is it in the bathroom? Or is, I thought or she, maybe in the van. I don't know. I thought she found it in her stolen car. <laughs> I guess oh, a, a lot more access. <laughs> a lot more access to weapons in this. So at this point, Ash is now telling Darby why they supposedly kidnapped Jay. He says that they kidnapped her for the ransom money, that her family's really rich, but also that she has this disease where if she gets really excited, she could OD on adrenaline, which mm-hmm. is is what she has in the Yeah. They in, actually call the it book. the same thing in book and movie. It's called yeah. Addison's, um, which in the book they kind of call it they, they refer to it as like an adrenal like disease. Yeah. Which I mean I guess yeah, same same situation. But basically she can't be in high pressure situations because right. she could go into so, so another thing that we get added into the movie is we get this story about Darby's dad yeah. and how he was also a Marine. And when he came back, he ended up committing suicide, which does not happen in the book at, at all. We do know that obviously her dad has died because that's the reason that her and her mom have yeah. issues. But there's no like mention of him killing himself or that he was an ex-Marine or not ex. Excuse me. He was a Marine. So, and at this point, Sandy actually comes into the bathroom, interrupts Ash and Darby. And, um, this point though, Ash tells her like, you know, if you tell her what's going on, I'm going to kill her. Sandy doesn't come into the bathroom in the, ba- in the no. book, right? No. So I was mixing it up with another book that I've read mm-hmm. that has a similar scenario where a girl goes into a bath, like a rest mm-hmm. stop bathroom and there's a female that like follows her. Oh. It's like, I kept thinking it was this and I was like, maybe it's not this. So I don't, Interesting. yeah, it's definitely not this. <laughs> so now they're all back in the common area. They're all sit- sitting down together. And at this point, Jay is just standing outside the van <laughs> and they're like, who is this? Here kid? I am. Yeah, you know? <laughs> so Lars goes outside, Darby walks off and she actually tries to attack Ash when he follows her. Um, Ash ends up choking her and makes, so she, again, this all just gets so jarbled because I feel like they just throw everything in this freaking movie. Mm-hmm. Anyways, he's choking her in the book. He actually like almost suffocates her with a plastic bag, but I don't even think it was at this point in no, the story. No, at this point in the story, she, uh, so 
Ed goes outside. Sandy's asleep. So mm-hmm. really, it's just like her, Lars, and and yeah. Ash at this mo- point. And he slams her head against the table and causes her to get a nosebleed. And then Sandy right. wakes up and is like, what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> That's so, kind of what was going on in the book at this point. Yeah. So now that they know that Jay has run off, they're like, all right, she's not going to come to us if they if we call her. But let's take Darby outside, have her look for, for Jay and she might come to her. Yeah. The way she calls Jay's name in this movie <laughs> is the most obnoxious thing I think I've ever. She's like, Jay. Jay. <laughs> like, that's what it sounded like. It was so bizarre. I think that was on purpose, no? I mean, I think it she was. She was trying to feign, like, actually trying to call her name without actually wanting to call her like, name. I was like, please stop. Just stop. <laughs> uh, but at this point, we get we get a little bit of a backstory of notion of uncle Kenny. Mm -hmm. So Lars starts talking about their uncle Kenny and how he gives these girls a better home. So you're like, okay, so this is not about ransom. Right. Pretty clearly. And we find out more about uncle Kenny in the book, obviously than we do in the movie. Another thing to keep in mind when they had the scuffle in the bathroom, she notices that the van keys are on Mm -hmm. the ground and grabs them and, they don't see her do this Correct. um in the book she sees it in the snow after jumping out of the mm-hmm. window or whatever but either way book and movie she now has the keys to the van yes so while they're walking out in the woods darby uses the flashlight that they gave her and blinds the guys and she rolls down the hill um trying to get away from them which seemed very violent <laughs> um and they start shooting at her and all this stuff once the gunshots go off ed comes outside because he hears the gunshots and when he's out there, Jay is actually laying in the parking lot. Um, in the book, it it's very just much like Jay comes inside. Yeah. Like there's no like dramatic Ed finds her or anything right. like that. Well, and they kind of allude to it in the movie, but they don't like pinpoint it. But Darby notices that the um, footprints have doubled, mm-hmm. doubled back. So right. she realizes oh, Jay has gone back, back to the center. In the book, she doesn't see that. She no. only sees that the, the footsteps have disappeared. Mm-hmm. So she's like, oh my God, where did she go? Right. And she's still worried about her. But right. at least in the movie, she thinks, okay, she, at least she's gone back to the center. The other thing I wanted to mention in the move or in the book, um, Darby uses the flashlight, but she turns mm-hmm. it off instead of on when, when right. in the scuffle. I guess because that way it, They've already trained their brains. Yeah. It was like so weird, but I was like, the, the movie makes much, way more sense yeah. to just flash the fl- light in their eyes <laughs> right. as opposed to turning it off and yeah. checking their... I don't know. I just thought it was weird. Yeah, it was weird. <laughs> so Darby ends up getting back inside and she actually... They barricade themselves in there, basically. Mm-hmm. So um, Lars and Ash are outside. Everybody else is inside. Ed kind of figures out what's going on. He threatens the guys that he has a gun. I was like, that was very smart. That does not happen in the, in the book though. Well, but he's a Marine in the he movie. He is a Marine in the movie. <laughs> um, and at this point, Ash is like, we need to get inside because we have her medication. She, she's going to die if she doesn't have her medication. Um, in the book, Jay is sick, mm-hmm. but she's not like to the point where she's passing out. Like right. it's a threat, but that hasn't happened. Well, and Ed is the one that realizes that she is sick because he was a vet yes. and apparently a lot of animals can also get this disease that she has. And that's how he figures it out. I couldn't imagine my dog gets excited all the time. <laughs> like if that's what triggers it, like sure. that cannot be good. Yeah. So Darby now tells him like, you know, I have your keys. So let's make a trade. 
You bring us her meds. I'll give you the keys. You guys leave. We'll keep her. We'll all be fine. So you almost think that the guys are going to take it. They head to the van, but when they come back, they have a gas can and they splash it all over the building, which does happen in the book, but at a different point. Mm-hmm. Uh, Darby decides to hide the keys. She's like, all right, I'm going to hide these keys. She takes the van keys and actually throws them in the snow out back. When she comes back or Sandy also at this point grabs some pepper spray. So here's a little bit differential between book and movie. At this point, Jay is like passed out in the movie. She wakes up and comes to, and she's like, she looks at Sandy and goes, Mrs. Lowry come to find out that Sandy is actually Mrs. Lowry Jay's housekeeper. Mm -hmm. So we get this flashback of Jay and Mrs. Lowry in, in at home and Jay being this little snotty Gen Zer and all this stuff. That is not who Sandy is to her in the book. No, in the book, Sandy is her bus driver, like her school Mm -hmm. bus driver same situation though like she's clearly somebody who's in jay's life knows mm-hmm. her schedule knows like about her family how how rich they are all this other stuff i think in the movie it creates an even closer bond with jay yeah which i didn't mind i, I appreciated that i did like the reveal yeah in the movie i thought they did a good job of her yeah. like waking up and be like what in the book jay just basically tells darby like that woman looks familiar. Like she looks like yeah. she could be my bus driver. And Darby's like, Oh no, that's not possible. Like she lives in a different city than where you're mm-hmm. from. Come to find out it's essentially the same place. Right. Um, she also Jay at some point writes a note to Darby that says mm-hmm. like, don't trust them. Right. Talking about Ed and Sandy. Yeah. And Darby's like, why would I not trust them? Like what, what are mm-hmm. you not telling me? What am right. I not figuring out? Which we don't get in the movie. So we then get, another little scene of the cops questioning um, Sandy about Jay's kidnapping and, and all this stuff. And she basically says that she needed to bring um, the medication to these guys. Like that was, that was the meetup basically is that Sandy again, it was a little bit different between the book and the movie because in the, in the movie, the whole plan is that the guys took her and then they were meeting and then she got sick so then Sandy came to bring the medication to the guys mm-hmm. in the book. The only reason Sandy is meeting up with them is because the storage key that they were supposed to use that had her medication <laughs> right. got changed or something. Right. So this made a little bit more sense, but yeah. not much. Well, and I mean, at the end of the day, Sandy's motive in book and movie is money. Right. But, just like slightly different because ransom in her in ransom, her mind yeah. she definitely thought that jay was getting back to her family safely right um, and had asked ash and yeah. lars like do not hurt her at all right. because you're just in it for the money right correct so sandy um so sandy oh, oh, oh i meant to ask yeah. did you see that coming um i felt like sandy was definitely in on it like when she was like don't trust these people i was like okay, Sandy's definitely in on it somehow, or actually kind of thought both of them were, but not to that capacity. Mm. I didn't think, I thought maybe she was going to be in the boy's dad or mom or something. You know, I thought that <laughs> yeah. was like a family A family thing. affair. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I 
personally did not see the Sandy thing yeah. coming at all. Ash, I kind of like picked up on here and there, yeah. but Sandy was a total, yeah. like one of those twists that was like, oh, oh, dang, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so at this point in the movie, Sandy yells out to the guys like, hey, Ed actually doesn't have a gun. And she ends up pepper spraying Darby. Um, she said that she needed the money from this kidnapping because Ed gambled away all their money, which is an additive to the movie. Um, and she says, and, and then it was like, Sandy was like, okay, well I have Jay's medicine. Let me give it to her. And she like randomly gives her the yeah. medication. So Darby tells Sandy, you know, they're not going to use her for, for ransom money. They're going to traffic her. Like they are giving her to somebody else and she is not coming back. And so at this point you can kind of tell that Sandy's like, Oh, like maybe I'll try to help, you know, you yeah. guys or whatever. So at this point, Ash and Lars are like, all right, we're going to come inside now because we know you don't have a gun. They come inside. Ash actually shoots Ed just out of nowhere. And Sandy mm-hmm. in the book, they brutally kill Sandy. Sandy. Well, not only that, but they basically shoot Ed in a way where he dies a slow and painful death. Right. Like he doesn't die an instant death. Yeah. He basically just like bleeds out. Yeah. Cause they, well, and they tell, they almost use Ed as like a bargaining chip type thing. Like they kill Sandy right away. They break her neck very viciously. And then with Ed, they're like, I'm going to kill you. If you don't tell me where the car keys are, I'm going to kill this guy. Mm -hmm. And she's like, you're going to kill me. If I tell you where the keys are, you're going to kill both of us. Like, or whatever. And so she actually does end up telling him where the keys are. And they kill him anyway. Right. With the nail gun to the head. So at this point, Ed and Sandy are down for the count. Ash now goes to Darby. And he ends up shooting her through the wrist into the wall. (sighs) Which, yeah, that sounds awful. Very gruesome, very awful. I thought what he did in the book was even worse. (laughs) Like, in my mind, that's worse to me. Well, I mean, I don't know. Do you want to explain it? So in the book, well, first we get this like whole like BS story, or maybe it's not BS, but he gets, he's like, Ash is like afraid of door hinges because at some (laughs) point in his childhood, his thumb had gotten stuck in a door or under a door. So what he does, he takes Darby puts her hand in the door hinge area and then slams the door and locks it. You think that's worse? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Like the, the, the nail gun was a through and through situation. Yeah. But like the, the, the fingers in the door is like, you're literally sitting there knowing that your, that your fingers are, they literally talk. It looks like raw meat. Like they think that her bones are shattered, like, and knowing that they're there. And then in the book, she, ends I don't up, know why I'm laughing in the book. She ends up how she gets out. She literally twists her fingers off. Like, yeah, that's way worse. I don't, I mean, they didn't really show it in the movie, but like, you can't, you can't tell me that her, I'm not saying it just wouldn't hurt, but it would definitely hurt. Well, and like the, like motions that she does to like, try to like get it off of the wall. Like, ow. I think both situations It'll all are hurt. Bad. If I had to take the two, nail me to the wall. Okay. Okay. Just in, <laughs> for reference. Fair enough. So Ash ends up telling Darby, because she, remember, he still has her phone. Yeah. She gets a text message, which again, the text message comes through <laughs> when they are inside the building. It's very true. He ends up telling her that she just got a text and that her mom has died. It's Devin saying that her mom died. 
devastating. This text does come through. He does tell her in the book that her mom dies, but it's after like they almost get away. Mm -hmm. That was the one thing about the book that I really liked. Well, it was one of those things where I'm like, all right, we're about to escape. Like we are on the way out, but I'm like, there's still a hundred pages left in this book. You know what I mean? It's the beauty of those types of books. You know what I mean? Like, and I was like, Hey, so like, there's definitely like so many instances where you're like, all right, they're just about to get out. And I felt like that, that, really captivated it mm-hmm. we didn't get that in the book we didn't get the, in the movie almost, or in the yeah in the movie there's no like almost escapes yeah like ever which i thought was a huge <laughs> miss that's fair um because in the book that text message comes through the only reason the text message comes through is because darby still has her phone at this point in the in the book and the girls actually get into sandy's truck and get to the road yep but he had flattened their tires with the nail gun, so then they weren't able to escape. But they were far enough down the road that they were able to they get, get a service, signal. Yeah, and that's when the text message nine one one goes through. Right, which like more believable. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I Just would not say. the random service that pops up in the middle of the right. room. You know, whatever. So, in the book, he also doesn't see the nine one one text. They make it very clear that he never saw the nine one one text come through. Go through. Yeah. Go through. Um, in the movie, he actually at this point sees 911 responding to her, um, saying that they're on their mm. way. So this is the point where I was telling you in the book where I'm like, oh my God, the text went through. Yeah. They're just going to the wrong area. Because, and this is another thing. So in the in the book, she gets that text from 911. They're like, okay, we'll be there in 30 minutes. So then it's like, we've had this like eight hour countdown. Now we're at a 30 minute <laughs> countdown. And she's even like, okay, it's going to take us 15 minutes to get back up to the, we're going to walk up there. It's going to take 15 minutes. Then I got to kill like 15 more. I just got to stay alive for 15. Like it was so like, <laughs> and we, I don't understand why they didn't do it in the movie. I, I was get so that. mad. I get that. But anyways. Just, just a note about the text. The reason he doesn't see it, she actually freaks out in the book because uh, he does. A text comes through when he yeah. has the phone in her in his hand, yeah. but it's actually a text from her sister. Right. But she thought it was going to be another text from nine one one, and she yeah. panicked because she's like, "Oh my god, if he finds out, like we're definitely right. dead." So, so anyway, so at this point. He's threatening the way that he threatened Ed in the book. He is now threatening Jay. He's like, if you don't tell me where the car keys are, I'm going to kill Jay. Um, so she ends up telling him, yep, yeah, the keys are back there. So at this point, Ash is looking for the car keys in the snow. Lars is now watching over Darby and Jay. Tell me why book and movie he didn't send Lars Correct. to look for the keys and he stay. <laughs> Correct. Like that was such a bad right. move on his part. Well, that's why it ended up the way it did. Well. <laughs> so in the book, they, this does happen. So the girls decide they're like, all right, let's turn the lights off on Lars and then we'll figure out a way to like attack him. So, cause in the book again, that was a whole thing is that, they turn the lights off so she could twist her fingers out of the door and then yep. attack him. So Darby actually tells Jay like, Hey, go turn off the lights. And Lars can see Jay walking mm-hmm. to turn off the lights. And they use the, and this is the thing I liked about it in the movie that you could tell that he was so kind of simple minded that he really liked this little girl and thought he was giving her a better home. Yeah. And he was like, Jay, I don't want to have to hurt you. Like, please sit down. Please sit down. They used his vulnerability against him in this right. case. So she ends up getting to the light. She turns off the light. And Darby, like, randomly takes the Coke that, <laughs> that she was going to take in the car and rips her rips her wrist off of the, out of the nail. I personally have never done drugs of that caliber. 
do they work that fast? I think I think cocaine does. Really? I've never, I've never done it. I mean, you snort it; it goes straight into the bloodstream. To to not feel the. I don't pain think of... I don't think you wouldn't feel it, but I think it gives you enough adrenaline to want to do it. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. So, she pulls her wrist off of the wall. She ends up hitting Lars with the hammer that she used to get her wrist out, and then holds him at gunpoint. Can I say I'm so glad that they they put a hammer in that situation and didn't have her just rip her Correct. wrist off of the wall. <laughs> Correct. They, she used the little prongs from yes. from that. Um, so at this point, so in the book, she actually kills Darby. Actually kills Lars, but in a very different way. Mm-hmm. So. Once the lights are off, he's kind of disoriented, doesn't know what's going on. She, at this point, Jay had given back her Swiss Army knife mm-hmm. that she, she had given to Jay to cut her um, tape off. So with the Swiss Army knife, she basically like slits Lars's mm-hmm. throat, which yeah. I was like, whoa. <laughs> well, and what I thought was interesting in the book is that way earlier in the book, in her mind, she's like, all right, I'm going to slit someone's throat tonight if I have to. And she's like, oh, my God, did I just say that? Like, and that yeah. was so, like, humanizing because yeah. I feel like anyone in that situation would say that. And then you're like, oh, my God, I might actually have to do that. She you literally um, manifested yeah. her own thought. Yeah. So anyway, so in the book, Lars is dead. And at, in the book, she even, like, ends up yelling at Ash, like, hey, I just killed your brother. Yeah. In the, come and get me. Yeah, come and get me. I just killed your brother. So... In the movie, though, Lars is still alive. Ash actually comes inside while Darby has the gun that Lars had to his head and Mm -hmm. is threatening him. In the movie, Ash accidentally shoots the nail gun into Lars's forehead. And you're like, yep. But it doesn't go all the way through. Correct. So he's still, he's still oh, alive. Uh, yeah, he's up. He's coherent. He's answering. He's walking. Yeah. Until he slips on Ed's blood and falls face forward and the nail goes all the way into his head and kills him immediately. And I'm like, uh, it was almost like, uh, oh my God, I can't believe that just happened. That was super brutal. Real, be- real, like, real I, brutal. I mean, it's one thing to get, you know, your neck. Yeah slit or whatever but i feel mm-hmm. like you see that a lot in right. movies like it's yeah. just like common now but like this scenario yeah. was like whoa right so i, I you <laughs> and know the fact that it was at the hands of ash right which it was not in the book right so at this point darby and jay take off in the car that she stole ash is shooting the nail gun at them which does happen in the book but they were in a different car at a different time um and they end up crashing into the flagpole they don't get very far um ash lights up the building because remember they had poured gas everywhere mm-hmm. the building is now on fire his reasoning for that being that they didn't want to leave any dna behind because he thinks at this point he's getting away right so in the movie the police are the first one to show there's one police officer shows up in the book a snowplow is the first one that actually mm-hmm. shows up because the police are at the wrong rest stop that's right in the book yeah so the moment of realization for Darby mm-hmm. when she figures out, oh, my God, I sent them to the wrong place was just yeah. so like gut wrenching. You're like, yeah. oh, my God. So here's a little bit different. So the outcome of this of this scene is the same. But the way we get there is a little different. So in the movie, the girls are in the are in the car that's crashed. The policeman shows up. Ash is actually acting like he's going to help Darby. He's like, hey, we need help over here, whatever, whatever. Um, and 
he goes to the car and Darby has a gu- has the gun still ends up shooting Ash at this point. And when she shoots Ash, the cop immediately shoots her. He thinks that she's the one that's kind of correct. The instigator in the situation, yes. which I mean is what a cop would do, right? You correct. see someone shooting a gun, you're going to shoot that person. Yes. So at that point, he shoots her in the stomach, right? He shoots her in the stomach. Yeah. That does happen in the book, yes. but it's a little different yes. in the book because Jay is not, Jay is with the snowplow guy at this point. Right. So basically I guess it's hard because we got to stop and kind of yeah. say where we're at in the book. So in the book, you mentioned, you know, they tried to get away with Sandy's car. That didn't work. They came back. They, she ends up killing Lars. Um, she tells, you know, Ash, like, I killed him. Come on, come on back in. Basically, they figure out a way to get Lars back or Ash back into the building and they get out of the building. Yes. They light the building on fire thinking <laughs> we're we good. Ash Actually, dead. I do like in the book, though, she's like, oh, he's not dead. Right. He, like, Jay's like, he's dead. And she's like, he's not dead. He's not dead. <laughs> so they're they're trying to get away. But at this point, um, I don't know. Is. I'm trying to remember what happened to Darby that she tells Jay, like, just go on without me. Is she hurt because, at that point? So in the book, she tells Jay to go to the snowplow because she's like, you need to get to the snowplow. Route. Tell him to take him, take you to the hospital right now. Cause you need your medication. I'm going to go finish him off. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so she sends Jay off. Jay like runs down, you know, the, the hill or whatever and comes across this slow snowplow. He, ex- she explains to him like, the situation he's like don't worry whatever we leave that scene then we go to um ash who guess what is still alive right uh he comes out after her and then they have their like kerfuffle yeah he tries to shoot her with a nail gun and the nail gun battery goes dead right and he's like i think he tries to even go back to the van to get the replacement battery which is why or how this Mm -hmm. then uh (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> trying to keep it all straight so as he's like trying to figure out where the battery is yes the cop shows up right then i I've, and then darby so darby has followed him to the van at this point and has right. the gun to his head to his head and the cop shows up right and just automatically thinks that she's the bad guy so the cop shoots her right and she at this point did not shoot that's right. She hadn't all. shot uh, Ash yet. Yeah. But so the cop shoots uh, Darby. She's down mm-hmm. for the count for now. Ash then finds the battery and nail guns the, the cop. cop, basically <laughs> killing him. Yeah. And then I guess like another cop shows up, right? Or like, doesn't a di- another one show up? I thought. Not, not at that point. Oh. Not at that point. Okay. Well, you know better than <laughs> but that. I so, but that's where we are at this. Right. At, at this point. <laughs> Darby gets shot by the cop in both the book, the more movie. Yeah. Darby gets shot by the cop. Yeah. In the movie, in the movie, uh, Ash shoots, shoots the cop. Right. In the, in the, in the situation, whatever. And he actually goes and grabs the cop's gun. He actually, in both, in both instances, he goes and grabs the cop's gun, finishes off the cop with the nail Mm -hmm. gun. So, at this point, you basically almost think that Darby is dead in the book. Right. Like she kind of is just laying there because at in the book, Ash goes to the snowplow. He goes to the snowplow right. and, and actually shoots the snowplow driver in That's the right. wrist. That's right. 
So pause there for a second. That's what that's where Ash is in the book. Yes. In the movie, he goes and grabs the dead cop's gun. He walks back over to Darby, who is still struggling, is still alive and struggling to stay alive, and is just about to shoot her in the face. And she had the screwdriver that she used to hotwire the car and stabs him in the neck and kills him. That does not happen in the book. Correct. That is not how Ash dies in the book. Correct. In the book, we're at the snowplow now. Right. He had just shot the snowplow driver in the wrist. And little Jay has the one bullet that was left from before and ends up shooting him. So this is my gripe with that situation because that's the same gun that Darby had pointed at ash's head Correct. before the cop killed her Correct. or shot her Correct. um where how did jay so during the scuffle with ash and the snowplow driver because okay. he's dealing with him jay had gone back had, run back. had okay. gone back to okay. darby and darby gave That's her right. the gun and she went back and shot him in the head well and when he hears something behind him he thinks oh it must be darby, darby. she's not dead yeah and come to find and out that it's what's Jay. really eerie in the book is that she shoots the gun. He hears the gun and he thinks that she missed. Mm-hmm. And like all of a sudden you get this inner dialogue of him where he's like, all right, I'm saying these words and nothing's coming out. Cause she clearly shot him in the head and he's not dead yet. And then he like starts smelling something and it's like, and he can, t- and it's just, and then he dies and it's like, so good. it's, it was beautifully written in the <laughs> so most good. gory way possible yeah. so anyways ash ends up dying in both the book and the movie but by the hands of two different people correct so the whole time in the movie though jay's just sitting in the car by herself like, yeah she, has she just no... keeps saying like darby yeah darby yeah so <laughs> so in the movie yeah she's she's calling darby and we see darby crawling to the police off the dead police officer uses his radio um to call for help mm-hmm. and then it goes to black yeah and then the last scene we get in the in the movie is Darby is back in rehab and we see that what's her name uh Jay has drawn her picture mm-hmm. that she's a superhero and then they say you have a visitor and I was like all right cool it must be Jay no it's her <laughs> sister Devin and then that's the end of the movie and I was like what the hell right like it was so weird yeah so I had te- I had texted you after I read this book and I was like I'm emotionally wrecked. And then I was like, thank God I read the epilogue because the book ends and you really think Darby dies. Mm-hmm. You 1000% would think Darby died if you didn't read that blog. Mm-hmm. But in the epilogue, you find out that she actually lived. <laughs> but in the craziest way right. possible. So anyway, so yes, that whole thing happens. Ash, you know, Jay kills Ash. We think Darby's dead in the epilogue. It is Jay and her parents at a grave site mm-hmm. um, for someone with the last with name. the last name Thorn. Thorn, thank you. And so we are all thinking it's Darby. Mm-hmm. It's got to be Darby. They're talking about how you know they really needed to like visit her one last time, and like they owed her a lot, and da 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 da. Well, a tidbit that we get in the book that's not really talked about in the movie at all is that Darby liked to. Um, um, for lack of a better word like sketch off of gravestones onto paper because she liked to keep them so we're thinking 
that's what Jay is doing with Darby's Correct. grave. Except <laughs> that it's actually Darby's mom's grave. Yes. Darby is there. She's doing the sketching of her mother's grave. Correct. And they're all visiting her mom's yes. grave. And Darby is still alive. Wild. <laughs> what an emotional roller coaster. Okay. So did the movie stay true to the book? Sure. 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 Um, in a in a condensed sort of way. Yeah. I mean, you already know my answer to this one. The book yeah. book or movie? Book. Book. I I thought I the thing is, the thing that frustrates me is that I think they could have done this movie really well. Yeah. I think Hulu really cut corners. I think they didn't thoughtfully cast this. I think they just threw a bunch of people in there and hoped that it worked. <laughs> Um, it's been a long time since I had a book that really, really got me the way this one did in terms of like anxiety level. Mm -hmm. And I've had movies that did that. So I was like, all right, this is going to be good. I was really let down by this movie. I don't even think I need to, to fend for my book when I, like I normally do. I think you did it for me. Yeah. And that doesn't happen. (laughs) That never happens. That really doesn't happen. So yeah, I don't know. I just, I really enjoyed this book. Um, like I said, there were so many times where I thought it was going to end. I was like, there's still a hundred pages left. <laughs> so I definitely, if you haven't read this book, I think it's a, I think it's yeah. a good, um, if you like, I mean, there's some couple of gory parts. Yeah. But. but I mean, there are in the movie too. Yeah. So, um, just two things that I, uh, mm-hmm. quick things. The yeah. reason that I picked the book, I, I didn't hate the movie as much as you did. I think yeah. they did an okay job for yeah. what it was. I went in with very low expectations, yeah. knowing that it would not live up Correct, to the book. Right. So I was like, you know what? It's fine. My gripe with it was one, making her a addict of some Correct. sort, ha- having her be in rehab. I felt like that was extremely unnecessary. Correct. Then causing the ending to be so like blah and just mm-hmm. not necessary. And two, the way that everybody yeah. kind of oh ended gosh. at the end. So the thing in the book was that right when she's about to kill, when she thinks she's going to kill Ash while he's getting the nail gun. Yeah. She's like, tell me who uncle Kenny is. Oh yeah. Tell me where he lives. Where's his address? Because we find out that uncle Kenny has this whole sex trafficking thing for, for what you call it. Truck drivers. Yes. And that was one of the things that she ends up like giving, she ends up, being able to bust his whole thing yeah, wide she, open. When she thinks she's going to die, she actually writes it on her arm yeah. so that when the police find her dead body, they'll at least know where to go yeah. to find Kenny. But like, what a what a interesting thing to add to this whole story mm-hmm. that they mentioned Uncle Kenny in the movie, but didn't go that far. So right. like, I just felt like there was a lot of little things that they could have added to this yeah. movie that would have been very easy. Well, and, and to they your, didn't do it. To your point, they rushed it, right? Yeah. They they just rushed it. That's really like the explanation for True. basically all of it. Yeah. But yeah, so yeah, I think you know, making unnecessary additions of rehab and all that, and then just the way that both of the endings were so yeah. completely different, but like so much more like gripping in the book versus the movie. Right. I remember reading this book and thinking like some of the things were a little like unbelievable or like mm-hmm. not plausible. 
I felt even more so in the movie. Yeah. There were certain things that were right. not believable. I was like, if you can take a book that I thought was unbelievable and <laughs> yeah. make it even more, like, what, what's going on? Right. So I'm glad that we both agree. I'm glad that you really loved this book. I did. I really Because enjoyed it. I feel honored that I chose a book. <laughs> that well, you after loved last so much. week, you really needed to redeem yourself. <laughs> hey, in my defense, the choice of Beloved was not my choice. I was doing it. How many times have we done books based off of suggestions that people have given us in our lives? That's true, but. If- I question that. Anyway, I'm glad that this came right after that (laughs) so that you can easily forget about Beloved. Great. (laughs) All right. That's it for this one. Make sure to hit subscribe on your podcast app. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, go ahead and give us a rating and leave us a review. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at The Booby Girls. You can also email us at theboobygirls at gmail.com. And like we said earlier, we are on Patreon. All you have to do to become a patron is go to patreon.com forward slash theboobygirls to get access to all of our bonus content. What are we doing next week? We are going to do uh, You Before Me, which <laughs> me, me before you, <laughs> I before E, except after C, <laughs> um, by Jojo Moyes, right? Correct. She's the yes. one who did The Last Letter to My Lover. From Your Lover. <laughs> that one. Yes. Um, I don't know much about this. I loved The Last Letter from Your Lover. Mm-hmm. So if that's anything, if this is anything like that, I think I'll like it. But um, yeah, it's a series, but we're only going to cover at least the yeah. first one for now. So right. uh, thanks for listening. And remember, don't judge a book by its movie. Bye.